0: Good evening, Hushlings, and welcome. I present your preceptors to the underbelly of the void, the whispers of conjecture, and the known of the unknown. Thus begins the conclave of the Hush Hush Society. Welcome aboard,
1: Hushlings. I'm Declassified Dave.
0: And I'm Mystery Mike, and as always, we're joined by our ship steward, Slick Frank Sanders. What is up, my
2: dudes? Slick Frong Sanders here. How are you guys doing tonight? Doing swell on the open seas.
0: I'm doing very well. Excited for tonight's episode. As am I. Sink or swim, boys. Sink or swim.
2: <laughs> Sink or swim? Yeah. Welcome back to the Hush Hush Society Conspiracy Hour. In case you missed our last debriefing number 17, we got deep into the mind uploading theory in which we covered the pros and cons of possibly uploading your mind into the void of ones and zeros, essentially granting you eternal life in what might be the matrix. We discussed the modern day experiments taking place to advance us to a state where we might be able to achieve something like mind uploading. This debriefing, I hope you all have your ticket stubs ready. We are
1: in debriefing 18. We're legal and we're aboard the Titanic. We're going to be talking about some theories of how the ship may have sunk or sank. The unsinkable,
0: sunkable. The grand unsunkable.
2: I'm pretty stoked for this one. I got to admit, I was completely unaware of this conspiracy before you had brought it up, Dave. It was a couple months ago when you might have mentioned it. And I was real thrown off by the idea of it. I was like, what is there to the Titanic? And man, there is some crazy shit. There is some crazy stuff to this. Yep.
0: A lot of those topics that you don't think about very often as being conspiracy or having conspiracy around them, are usually shrouded in the most and wildest of conspiracy. Hidden in plain sight, man. But before we ask Rose to make some room on that door, just want to remind you to reach out to us on all social medias. We are on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You can also find us on YouTube, where all our streaming audio is, up to and including this episode. And brand new... As of this week, boys, as of a couple of days, <laughs> hushlings, it's here. <laughs> hush hush apparel merch store is live up now. We have t-shirts, hoodies, uh, some coffee mugs. We're gonna get up some other stuff. We said that we were gonna get some uh, some masks up there so you can get yourself through the rest of this pandemic. Hats also, nice embroidered uh, dad caps if you want them. You know, a little yeah. five panel. Whatever. The website is super easy to get to. It's a super easy URL. It is hushhushsociety.bigcartel.com. You can also find the link on our link tree, along with every other link that takes you to everywhere that you can find us. It's a hush universe.
2: You're going to have your grandma asking where you copped that dapper drip. She's going to want some dapper drip. Your grandmother's mother is going to want this dapper drip.
0: We have some pretty sick designs, and we're slowly but surely coming out with more and more. We are hoping to have like a, a full collection of hush hush drip. So make sure you check that out again. That is hush hush com. We've had a couple orders already. It's really cool. Yes, yes. We've had some visits, some orders. It's been a, it's been a good reception, and now we're hoping that those of you that don't follow us on social media and only listen to our episodes will now be heading over to that website and giving us all your dub sacks. <laughs> <laughs> Give us your Dogecoin. <laughs> the RMS
2: Titanic was a British passenger line operated by the White Star Line that sank in the North Atlantic Ocean on the 15th of April in 1912.
1: Allegedly, the ship struck an iceberg during her maiden voyage from Southampton in the UK to New York City. The damage was done to the hull's plates on the starboard side of the ship, causing the front compartments to flood below the waterline. Now, for those of you who are not nautical savvy, the starboard side is the right side of the ship. There were 2,200 people aboard the ship, and about 1,500 or so of them perished, making the sinking, at the time, the deadliest of single-ship sinkings in the West.
0: The ocean liner was under the command of Captain Edward Smith, who also went down with the ship. Captain going down with the ship? What a man. Amongst the passengers were some of the wealthiest people in the world at the time, as well as hundreds of immigrants from Great Britain, Ireland, Scandinavia, and elsewhere throughout Europe who were seeking a new life in the United States.
2: The Titanic had many advanced safety features as well, including watertight compartments and remotely activated watertight doors, as well as 16 lifeboat davits, which could lower 3 lifeboats each, for a total of 48 lifeboats, although there were only 20 lifeboats aboard the Titanic at the time of the sinking on her maiden voyage.
0: Oh, so right off the bat, we're talking about not enough lifeboats for as many people that were on that ship.
2: You literally have less than half, yeah.
0: I wonder what size those lifeboats were. What was the capacity? I think they held upwards
2: of the high 40s, 45 to 48 people. Yeah. 65 people. 65?
0: 65.
2: Titanic had 20 lifeboats
1: of three different types, 14 clinker-built wooden lifeboats measuring 30 feet by 9 feet, and each had the capacity of 655 cubic feet and was designed for about 65 people. Jeez. 14 of those could fit 65 people. I mean, you got 2,200 people on board. Not
2: everybody's coming off.
0: It's almost like they planned for it.
2: Yeah, like, why wouldn't you prepare as well as you possibly could on this ship's first voyage, which was a long one at that. I don't know. It's kind of weird.
1: It wasn't built for safety. It was
2: built for luxury. You got a point.
0: I could see that, but also cruise liners are built for for luxury all the time, but still have all the safety measures. Yeah, after the Titanic. Yeah, Yeah,
2: after the Titanic. (laughs) (laughs) Especially after the Titanic.
0: (laughs) I don't know. That seems a little suspect right from the start.
1: Yeah. One of my favorite theories about the Titanic going down is actually not even the Titanic itself. It's one of the most controversial and elaborate theories surrounding the sinking of the Titanic and it draws on several events and coincidences that occurred in the months, days, hours leading up to the sinking, which is the Olympic, her sister ship.
0: Yeah, the Olympic was launched a year before the Titanic, but within months of its launch in 1911, it already had two collisions. The second of which was with the Royal Navy cruiser HMS Hawk off the coast of the Isle of Wight. The collision caused serious structural damage to the Olympic's keel and steel beams. Some theorists suggest that the damage of the Olympic was more serious than admitted. In fact, it was virtually a write-off. Insurance wise, repairs on the vessel would have been ridiculously expensive at the time, running upwards of millions of pounds. The White Star Line, the company who owned these ships, was facing a potential financial disaster.
2: The Olympic exchange theory proposes the idea that the Olympic would be swapped out with her sister ship, the Titanic, and sunk in a staged accident. The Titanic, now disguised as Olympic, would then carry on in service, bringing in revenue for the White Star Line. It's really a classic good old switcheroo scenario. Olympic was the slightly older sister of the Titanic. Olympic was built alongside the more famous vessel. Her exterior profile was nearly identical to the Titanic, besides minor details, such as numerous portholes on different decks and the spacing of certain windows between the decks. Unless you built the ships and worked on them, you probably couldn't tell the difference. I guess you'd have to go to photographs to really look. Even then, you'd have to be real good at spot the difference, you know, like those little spot the difference pictures. You'd have to have a pretty keen eye. It's not that hard to switch. If they're almost identical, you just have to switch the paint jobs
1: and just where Titanic is. But there is one thing that does contradict that that I did find out is I guess the hull numbers on ships, they don't change. And I guess the hull number on the Titanic, I don't remember what the number was, but what they had found at the bottom of the Atlantic had that hull number. That would be the only thing they wouldn't change. Other than paint jobs. Or maybe they were that slick that they went all the way down to like the industrial level to fix that problem.
0: Obviously, if they had this fix in the making, they probably had that in mind with the building of the actual Titanic. They could. Yeah. If you plan on building a twin vessel and swapping the two, then you already know what's going to happen. So why wouldn't you just copy the same ship number, the same hull number? Yeah. And it's interesting because I was watching something on this subject obviously and they were talking about old film reels everything that you see regarding the titanic as far as film goes black and white film all the scenes of the ship leaving the harbor people waving mm-hmm. oh there goes the titan mm-hmm. it's actually the olympic in those films hmm. so the two the two ships were so identical that in a lot of titanic documentaries and a lot of movies that have to do with it they used the olympic footage <laughs> to pass off as the Titanic because they were so similar. No shit makes sense why they would do
1: it. And if the ship is that damaged, why not use the ship that's not damaged and just change the lifeboats that say Titanic and, you know, or Olympic to Titanic and then change the side of the ship and then just change all the cutlery that says RMS Titanic to RMS Olympic,
2: change all the the minor stuff and passengers aren't going to notice that. No, Mm. I, I highly doubt that any of the passengers that were aboard the vessel when it sank were actually on it prior to it sailing off. No, it was its maiden voyage. I guess
1: you'd have to be on Olympic to be like, wait, I recognize this. Yeah, you know, yeah. B- before, that's the only way. You got that one guy, that they're in the middle of the ocean 30 minutes before <laughs> they hit the iceberg, and he's like,
0: oh my god, this is not the right <laughs> ship. <laughs> Honey, why do these brochures say the Olympic maiden voyage? I don't understand. Didn't that ship get into a wreck? Twice? Twice? <laughs> it just hits them. <laughs> yeah. Now
2: three times? Why is the cabinetry broken here? (laughs) Why are we going so fast?
1: Some of the evidence of it being the good old switcheroo. We talk about portholes and the number of portholes that Olympic and Titanic had. Olympic had 16 and Titanic had 14. Now, is that along the side of the ship? I would would imagine that's it. Yeah. Yeah. Damn. Sucks. No windows, bro. No. Well,
2: I I hope the inside was impressive enough to where they didn't need windows. But I mean, that's just me. I don't know. Photos taken of the Titanic docked shows it with 14 portholes, but
1: at the time of its doom maiden voyage, it had 16, just like the Olympic. Dun, dun, dun.
2: Hmm. So there's something about that that might discredit it. There are people who say that there's a possibility that they just added two more portholes for aesthetic reasons before the maiden voyage, after the pictures with 14 portholes, but why... Whoa, whoa, whoa. Uh, Yeah, I know. No, I'm saying like physically added two more portholes just just for the aesthetic of it. That's that's what some people say. Mm. I'm not really sold on that, but... Let's just drill a hole.
0: Sir, did you put the gasket on there? Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so according to that, these guys just went around... With a big drill. saw off. Or like just... a circle saw... <laughs> And just, just going him bored a couple holes into the side of the ship, (laughs) and just threw in an Anderson window, and was like, "Yeah, that's good, That's good, looks good, (laughs) looks looks quality." Energy efficient. That up,
1: Johnson (laughs) (laughs) sir. sir, Did you say steel or vinyl? Oh, I said steel. Oh, I put vinyl.
0: No wonder why it sank. It's double-pained. Oh, my God. (laughs) Jesus Christ. (laughs) Oh, what a nightmare. There's also the rumors amongst the crew. There was a nationwide coal strike at the time of the Titanic's launch. That led to thousands of firemen, boiler strokers, and greasers short of work. Is is this a porn set? Yes. (laughs) This is the wrong Titanic. (laughs) Oh, honey, turn Boiler, it off. strokers, and greasers. <laughs> <laughs> Yet, despite the lack of work, the Titanic struggled to find a crew, with many men refusing to work on the ship at any price. See, that's, 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 that's a suspect thing, too. Like, why are people so against working on this ship? Hmm. Of course, the rumors were circulating amongst the workers at Harlan and Wolf that the ships had been swapped as part of an insurance scam. And the Titanic was to be sunk. Did foreknowledge of the ship possibly sinking frighten men from wanting to work on it? That sounds sounds plausible. It does.
2: Absolutely, especially when there's such a shortage of work in these men's field and you've got this awesome opportunity, I can't imagine they were pay them like shit. I, I find it hard to believe.
0: Well, also think of like shipbuilders. So there were probably, what do you think? Hundreds of people working on the Titanic when it was being built. You know, welders and carpenters and whatever else. I'm wondering if any of those people just kind of caught on to the fact that all right we just built this new ship and that ship that's in the water that everybody's getting on to go on this voyage is not the titanic not the ship that we built (laughs) yeah i wonder if maybe those rumors did get around and those guys who had worked on the ship or anybody who was privy to knowing what the ship was built like kind of passed around the word and said this isn't the ship you don't want to be on it
1: harland and wolf had over fifteen thousand workers and the total workers that worked on the Olympic and Titanic were about 4,000 each. Wow. They had, get this, ready. God, they, had, wow. they had to work 50 to 60 work hours, 6 a.m. to five thirty p.m. Monday morning through Saturday morning. They get two short breaks, one break at eight thirty, one one at one, one for lunch. They made $10 per week, about $230 in today's currency. They got one week uh, off during summer, two, eight, two days off Christmas. The, the benefits weren't the that benefits bad. The benefits weren't that bad. And the pay was probably, I mean, $230 <laughs> in 1912 was probably a decent chunk. Yeah, well, at least they got Christmas off. No,
0: no, in today's money, $230. So imagine you work like 80 hours in one week and they come up to you and they say, hey, here's your check. Good job this week, 230 bucks later.
1: Friends of the guy that works out here that used to work in a restaurant with me, and now he works building Navy ships, and he makes bank, dude.
2: (laughs) Like more than $200 a week? Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Imagine you're making $200 a week, and you're working like 60 hours a week, and they give you a week off in the summer to go home in the middle of July when it's 120 degrees outside (laughs) to your house with no air conditioning to drink warm beer. (laughs) Poor guys. (laughs) Poor bastards. Imagine hearing the rumors and then buying a ticket to the voyage anyway.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's Gen Z in 2021. Just fucking end it. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck it. (laughs) Fuck it. Buying Um, a ticket to Titanic.
2: I'm done with this. You won't sink the boat. You won't. Another pretty suspect chunk of evidence supporting the, the switcheroo hypothesis is the last-minute cancellations. Many of the richest and most prestigious names in the early 20th century were booked onto the Titanic's maiden voyage. It was a pretty huge event worldwide, honestly. J.P.
1: Morgan, the international financer, one of the owners of the White Star Line, parent company, was due to travel on the Titanic but canceled his trip a few days prior to the departure. Claiming to be sick. ah, this dude red-X'd himself. Wow. (laughs) Industrialist Henry Clay Fick and his wife, a banker, Horace J. Harding, and billionaire George Washington Vanderbilt. All of these folks were connected to Morgan and were amongst several of the most prominent figures who canceled last minute. They were all probably really rich, too.
0: If J.P. Morgan was a part of the parent company who owned White Star Lines, then he definitely knew if there's going to be some sort of insurance scam run.
2: That's what it's looking like, yeah.
0: He found out that there was going to be some sort of scam run, or it was his idea, who knows. But he found out, and then he goes and he tells all his friends, hey, I wouldn't go into school tomorrow.
2: Oh my god! <laughs> Jesus, oh my god. the whole boat was wearing a fucking trench coat, bro. <laughs> <laughs> We're canceled.
0: I apologize for these crude jokes. That's more evidence of the possible insurance scam going down. Now it'd be a whole different thing if. J.P. Morgan hadn't canceled, and none of his friends canceled. Obviously, people are going to cancel if they're sick. That is without saying. But you tell your friends not to go, and your friends don't end up going. These other rich people that are connected to you don't go. So if there was any kind of inkling that there was something that was going to happen to this ship, if there was any kind of inkling that this voyage would have been its first and last, that, I think, right there so far is the biggest detector of some sort of mishap, planned mishap. Also, the SS Californian was another ship, and it was owned by Morgan, and it was a large passenger ship that was ultimately blamed for the loss of life on the Titanic. It behaved rather oddly around the time of the Titanic's voyage.
2: The SS Californian was carrying no passengers and it steamed out into the middle of the Atlantic Ocean and just stopped and waited. Its only cargo was 3,000 woolen blankets and jumpers. Edith Russell, a survivor of the sinking, was adamant that Titanic officers assured her that the Californian was on its way to rescue the passengers. Although some suggest serious navigation errors led to the Californian stopping in the wrong area of the ocean, somewhat 12 miles away from the sinking scene. Why would you have something just kind of tail? Massive passenger boat with nothing but 3,000 woolen blankets. And
1: that's the thing. You got blankies. You know if you're going to sink a ship, it's going to be in cold water. You're in the North Atlantic. Is it possible that the Californian was previously intended to rescue the victims of the insurance scam plot? And with the rescue mission failing, 1,500 people died. It's one of the worst maritime disasters in modern history. It's got to be the
2: worst, man.
0: 1,500 people is a lot of people. up there, definitely.
2: Absolutely. That's (sighs) interesting. Not to mention the boat itself was owned by the dude who called out sick and told his boys not to come to school the next day. Mm. That's like the icing on the cake, you know?
0: That's one of the things that we always talk about when it comes to our debriefings is correlation. It's like that old saying, how many coincidences does it need to be before it's no longer coincidence? You instructed, or your company, quote unquote, instructed a ship to go to the same area as the Titanic and just sit there and wait. Okay, fine. Whatever the ship was doing out there, who knows? But then you have 3,000 blankets and these little floaty devices when how many people were on board of the Titanic? 2,200?
1: Yeah, Mm. 2,200. So, (laughs) Super hmm. suspect.
0: Mm. that's what I'm saying so when does it become that it's no longer coincidence and now it's just part of the larger scam or at least evidence of the larger scam
2: it's a great question and it's definitely a fine gray line it's not a white star line
0: and this was not the first time that I had heard of the Californian and that whole thing but the same documentary that I was watching earlier had mentioned that the Californian did go out And was kind of in the same route as the Titanic. And they played it off as if the Titanic had made some sort of call saying that the ship was hit and that it was sinking. And the Californian just so happened to be in the area. But it doesn't sit right with me. Too many blankets. And it's a passenger ship. It's a passenger ship. And there's nobody on it. And there's nobody on it. Yeah, it's not a cargo ship. Except for the crew. Yeah, it's not a cargo ship, exactly. So why are you sending a passenger ship that probably isn't as luxurious as the Olympic or the Titanic, but why are you sending a passenger ship out into the middle of the ocean for no reason?
1: If you have 20 lifeboats that hold 65 people, you can only get 1,300 people in lifeboats and that leaves a whole, what, 900 or so people in the water. Pick them up. I
2: just don't get it. If the boat was sunk intentionally, why not just bring all the lifeboats?
1: I think their plan, if they were, if this is the plan and that's what they were planning on doing, they obviously weren't planning on massive loss of life. They probably knew that there were some people that were going to go with it and there were people were going to die, but they probably didn't think that it was going to be four digits.
2: Yeah. Maybe nah. let
1: alone even three. We're not stupid. It was 1912. You know, people aren't dumb then. They know exactly how long it takes for somebody to die in that temperature water. So if you're steaming back and if they're only 12 miles away, that's not that far of a nautical error. So you're not that far. You could probably see them.
0: Yeah. Even that, though, the 12 miles was the miscalculation. So they were meant to be even closer than that. That's close on a big ocean like the Atlantic. Yeah. So that original call if they were where they were supposed to be they probably would have been a couple miles away and they would have had less loss of life obviously if you think about the different sets of classes that were on this ship you had poor people and you have ultra rich people now i'm sure when it came down to lifeboats and how they would divvy that out and how they would figure that all out they thought okay we're gonna get all the rich people off the ship first so we're a-okay with losing a couple peasants here and there
1: well, it all Jeez. depends on the proximity of where you stayed, too. If you were probably in first class and second class, you were closer to the proximity of the deck, so you had you had a faster chance of getting to the lifeboats than you did in third class or whatever, if anything less than that. And on top of it, there were rumors that they would lock up certain stairwells anyways at night. And this happened pretty late at night, so... Yeah. People were already locked under the waterline probably already. Hushlings will return
2: after this short message.
1: Hey, this is Book of Lies Podcast, where we talk
2: about liars, cheats, and thieves. Yeah, we do. We release a new episode every Tuesday on all major podcast players. We talk about, like she said, liars, cheats, and thieves. Scammers, fraudsters, and dirty, rotten scoundrels. Oh, yeah, we keep it real with you. We like to have a lot of fun. There's curse words involved, so no kids are
0: allowed. But... Check us out. We would love you to join us
1: on your favorite podcatcher.
0: Bye Thank you for the sunshine. Hello, I'm Rebecca Rosewood. And I'm here to help you keep your curses hexy and your hexes sexy in this snarky, true crime and paranormal podcast. If you like a little personality with your true crime and a little scare with some flair, Thrice Cursed is the podcast for you. Thrice Cursed will be coming to you anywhere you listen to podcasts in October. Until then, you can find me on social media such as Instagram, Twitter and Facebook at Thrice Cursed Pod. Until then, keep it hexy.
2: Welcome back to the Hush Hush Society Conspiracy Hour.
0: You know, I had a thought when it comes to the captain. We had said that the captain went down with the ship. Yep. It makes me wonder, like Captain Edward Smith, he was the captain that went down with the ship. It makes me wonder if he obviously had to be in on it, maybe? Well, that's one of the biggest questions,
2: right? It's not like JP Morgan put a gun to this dude's head and said, you got to drive this ship full steam ahead into an iceberg. how how could you further blackmail this man I'm gonna kill you if you don't go out there and kill 2000 people
1: well that's what I think I think that the aim wasn't supposed to kill that many people
2: yeah Californian
1: is big evidence of that because if it was that close that was there for a reason
2: and it was tailing them maybe the captain was offered a payout could've couldn't live with it you know maybe he was bribed or he was just a good captain and he went down with the ship
0: yeah
1: Yeah, or he was just having a horrible time back home and he was just like, dude, I'm not coming home from this shit.
0: (laughs) In some way, shape or form, he had to have known if it was indeed some sort of insurance scam, if it was meant to sink the ship. He had to have known that they were going to run into an iceberg. He had to have guided the ship into that iceberg you don't plan some short some sort of mishap without having the insurance quote to have somebody on the ship that knows that this is going to happen an experienced captain isn't just going to see an iceberg and go oh let's just drive right into it and you have these experienced naval people they're out there watching you're telling me that they didn't see a fucking iceberg.
1: Yeah, there's like stupid rumors that there weren't binoculars. Captain Smith wasn't even on the bridge when it happened. Did he know that they were going into icy water? He probably did. And, you know, another thing is, is you had said before, maybe he didn't have a gun to his head, but maybe he did. But what's the point?
2: Like, If he knew, point- he
1: might. He could have been a whistleblower. You never know. He could have been like one of those guys that's like, well, I'm going to say something. And they're just like, well, <laughs> you're dead. That's money, man.
2: You might live business. if you if you crashed the boat.
1: No, I think he was doomed from the start. I think think so? Yeah. Say prior to the voyage, he found out that this was happening. What if he caused a stink behind closed doors and one of these powerful people was just like, well, if you don't get on the ship and act normal, we're going to fucking kill you anyways.
0: I just want to let you know that Captain Edward Smith was also a captain of the Olympic. Well, doggy. Holy shit. So he was well-rounded in both boats. All right, so let's look at it further. If he was the captain of the Olympic at one time, then he was probably the captain at one of the times during its crash courses. Mm. So he knows the weak points of the ship. So maybe he knew he... that the right side of the ship was the spot to hit, <laughs> or he just sucks. He's just a yeah. Maybe he should be, maybe that maybe that's the conspiracy. That, that's the conspiracy. He's just a terrible captain. He's just a terrible captain.
1: He's like that guy that that crashed the shit that cruise ship in
2: Italy on the side of the rocks and put it on its side.
0: J.P. Morgan knew it too. No, 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 no. You don't have to tell him. Don't worry.
2: <laughs> Maybe he was just real drunk and playing chicken with the the iceberg. I think it was the first officer that was actually
1: driving, manning the wheel or the helm of the boat. There's a lot of things that people say. There was no binoculars, or the binoculars weren't working. Right up on. On the crow's nest, and people weren't looking, and they were going way
2: too fast.
1: Onward! Into the <laughs> iceberg we go.
2: So this is just kind of a, a short little tidbit. There's some people that theorize that the intentional aspect of the sinking of the ship was more so within the safety features of the ship and not so much just hitting the iceberg by itself. This closed watertight doors theory suggests that if the watertight doors in the lower portion of the ship had been open rather than closed, that the vessel would have settled on an even keel, so kind of on a more even axis, and possibly remained afloat long, Enough for rescue ships to arrive Instead of just kind of nose diving Into the Atlantic and cracking Open like a Kit Kat
0: <laughs> Why a you know? Kit
2: Kat? I don't know Because they got that crunch they snap. <laughs> Break <laughs> me off a piece of that I don't know. Don't Twix do that in the commercial Too? Yeah, Titanic <laughs> Break
0: me off a piece of that Titanic You want the left or the right side of the ship? Oh my god <laughs> Another possible cause Of the ship sinking could have been A fire a fire began in one of the Titanic coal bunkers approximately 10 days prior to the ship's departure and continued to burn for several days into her voyage. What the fuck? How reckless is that? Yeah. There was like a zero fire. Fucks. That zero was burning fucks. for
1: days. You know, you can actually see pictures of the discoloration of the starboard side of the hull actually pretty close to where it was supposed to have hit an iceberg. Oh, my God. So, if it was to hit an iceberg intentionally, dude, you're sailors. Why wouldn't you know how to just run that thing right exactly where it's weak? Look up some pictures of the Titanic and the fires, and you'll see the discoloration of the hull is a little bit darker in certain areas where the boiler is. It's really interesting.
0: Well, at least the iceberg took care of the fire problem. (laughs) The best
2: way to pull it out, a coal fire, used the entire Atlantic Ocean.
0: Fires were pretty frequent on board steamships due to spontaneous combustion of the coal. The fires had been extinguished with fire hoses, followed by moving the coal on top of another bunker and by removing the burning coal and feeding it into the furnace. So they were burning coal a little bit to throw it into the furnace to burn it the rest of the way.
2: Yeah, they were just preheating it. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Get that coal nice and hot.
2: (laughs) It won't work right if it's not already on fire before you put it in the furnace, Jimmy.
0: (laughs) You can't put cold coal into the furnace. You're going to break it. <laughs> everybody knows that
2: <laughs> the event of the coal fires led some to theorize that the fire accelerated the effects of the iceberg collision by reducing the structural integrity of the titanic's hull as we spoke about prior author seenan maloney has suggested that attempts to extinguish the fire by shoveling the burning coals into the furnaces may have been the primary reason for the titanic steaming at full speed prior to the collision despite previous ice warnings
0: there's just too much about this that says planned if it
1: was going at full speed that's 23 knots
0: i don't know what that is how fast garlic? is that in mph garlic knots <laughs> yeah how many garlic knots is that
1: uh 21 knots is 26 miles per hour so i would oh, say about shit. 30 miles an hour or so.
0: speeding ahead
1: imagine hitting something the size of a fucking building
2: with something the size of a building at 30 miles an hour. (laughs) Imagine being the poor bastard trying to put out the fire and just (laughs) making it worse. (laughs) You're just trying to do your job as well as you can, and you're just making it worse.
0: We're going to get to New York faster than ever. (laughs) They're going to give me a medal for putting out this fire and getting us there quick.
1: (laughs) Oh, my God. Some guy that's got a one-way ticket, too. He's just like, I can't wait to see Lady Liberty. This is going to be amazing. And he's just shoveling into a ice brick. Like, I'm never going back to England. <laughs> no, you are not, sir.
0: You're going to see guys. how great of a job I did. Give me a job there. <laughs> Maybe I'll be a firefighter. <laughs> In another universe, that man made it to New York and became a fire. <laughs> A firemen. Yep. Yeah. There's a fire at the coal factory. Oh, I know exactly what to do. Yes. Put more coal on it.
2: Put it in the furnace.
0: <laughs> Cover the fire with more coal. Throw ice on it.
2: <laughs> Y'all got icebergs. Yeah. Yeah.
1: You put ice on a flatbed and you ram it at full speed into the side of the door, it'll be all right.
0: <laughs> Hear me out. Do you have forty five tons of ice? <laughs>
1: We keep talking about J.P. Morgan, and anybody who knows anything about financial institutions is already familiar with this man and J.P. Morgan Chase Bank, my credit
0: card. I owe them $76.
1: This is one of the world's most prominent financial institutions and largest bank in the U.S. However, the success of the company is directly related to the founding of the Federal Reserve. There were many influential and powerful men that were rather opposed to the idea of the centralized banking system, three of which were lured onto Titanic's maiden voyage in the spring of 1912, which some of them included John J. Astor, who may have been the richest man in America at the time with a net worth of 2.2.
2: Another one of these men being Benjamin Guggenheim, heir to the Guggenheim Mining Empire.
0: And Isidore Strauss, founder of Macy's Department Store in New York. J.P. Morgan had the motive, means, and the opportunity to completely wipe out his opponents. And with the main opposition now dead, the Federal Reserve was created by an act of Congress in December 1913. We always talk about what we should do. We should do an episode on the Federal Reserve. That would be
2: cool. Believe it or not, the Titanic might have sunk because of a mummy. Brendan Fraser? One of the passengers that went down with the Titanic was William Steed, a British editor who subscribed to early 20th century spiritualism and had spent the past several years claiming a cursed mummy was causing mysterious destruction and disaster in London. On board the Titanic, Steed happily
1: repeated his tale of the mummy's curse to other passengers. Dude, what a dick. (laughs) He was so stoked on it. He was so stoked. (laughs) After the ship sank, a survivor recounted Steed's story to the New York world and the media picked it up. The next month, the Washington Post ran the headline, Ghosts of the Titanic, Vengeance
2: of the Hoodoo Mummy, Followed Man Who Wrote Its History. Interesting. Imagine being wildly taunted about this mummy curse while you're on a luxury boat by some crackhead and then the boat slaps an iceberg at <laughs> mock speed like 30 <laughs> minutes later. That's got to be terrible. So there wasn't an actual mummy on, on board, right? Allegedly, there was a mummy being transported on the ship to a museum. Hmm. I don't think there's any actual evidence of it. Just this guy's account? Yes.
0: They have a bunch of information when it comes to the mummy. You can look up Princess Atari was the mummy that they referred to. And some people say it was on the ship. Some people say that it wasn't on the ship. It was just the guy who had close contact with the mummy. It remains
1: to be seen. That one, I don't believe more than... I think the insurance scam is probably the top doggy on this one.
0: Oh, actually, the quote unquote, the unlucky mummy, as they referred to it, was not on the ship. It's in the British Museum in London currently. So what was Uh, this guy talking about? I guess he was talking about how he worked with it. He was a part of the group that was investigating it.
2: He was just super stoked to freak out a bunch of people. What a jerk. Can you
1: imagine being on a modern cruise ship now, and you're just sitting there eating your crab legs, and some guy's like, you know, I went somewhere, (laughs) and I'm fucking completely cursed, and anything I get into crashes. You're on the water slide, and all of a sudden, an iceberg pops
2: up out of the water, and you're just done. (laughs) so this this is a little bit off topic but do you think that it is historically accurate that that little mini trio band uh (laughs) continued playing music when when the boat went down it's been an honor and a privilege to play with you (laughs) i hope so i hope that wasn't just for dramatic effect like i i I really hope that's a thing
1: it says the musicians of the RMS Titanic perished when the ship sank and they played music intending to calm the passengers for as long as
2: they possibly could and all went down. The real heroes in this story. No yeah,
1: you want to talk about
0: the real guys?
2: The real heroes.
0: I didn't think that that was true either. I thought that was maybe something that was added to the movie just for effect, but yeah, yeah. that's pretty I'm sure pretty there's wild. plenty of stuff
2: that's
1: true that they added in for dramatic effect, and then there's I'm sure that there's stuff that actually was historically accurate.
0: What about the blue better. diamond? It's been 84 years.
1: The Hope Diamond. <laughs> Didn't they fight it? It's in the uh, Washington DC. The old lady? No, not, not the lady. <laughs> you can The Hope Diamond is in the Museum of Natural History or something like that in Washington DC.
2: So there are some people that think that the Titanic was torpedoed by a German U-boat. I've gotten into an argument with somebody about
1: this. They're like, well, U-boats didn't come into play until World War II.
2: Wrong. No. U-boats wrong. started
1: in like 1850, bro. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know about torpedo technology, but I would imagine that in World War I, when was World War I? It started like 1914 to only two years later, that they, they had a class of submarines that were definitely – definitely capable of probably torpedo technology and they were the germans anyways and they they were already ahead even in world war one
2: not to mention in 1915 a german u-boat did sink a british passenger vessel the lusitania which was what only three years after the titanic sunk so i doubt that they had just come up with this torpedo technology
0: Robert Whitehead invented the modern self-propelled torpedo in 1866.
2: Okie doke. Well, that
1: settles that. That settles that.
0: And it's so weird. If you look up this torpedo, it looks like a regular torpedo, but it's got a huge fucking iceberg on the tip of it.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Good old German engineering, my dude.
1: It's entirely possible that that happened. It's proven that German U-boats have gotten into New York Harbor, those areas right off the coast where they can see the lights. I'm pretty sure that there's like a sunk German submarine that's off Chesapeake Bay or something like.
0: German U-boats were known to sink just random ships that were trying to supply the Allies during the war. I would imagine that they probably were doing the same thing leading up to the war. That could just be bullshit, but...
2: Worth mentioning. I'm not completely subscribed to that idea, but worth mentioning. If you know more about this, please, please get a hold of us, because this is an interesting theory.
0: It is one of the more interesting theories about the sinking of the ship. One of the more out there ideas, besides the the mummy.
2: There's a couple other really out there ones, one of which being that a full moon may have sent a swarm of icebergs into the Titanic's path. Oh my god. Oh. I'm not a geologist. I don't know weather or moon so you're phases. So saying, you're saying the moon, the tidal forces of the moon
1: actually yes, move the iceberg
2: south. So some people say. Huh.
0: <laughs> Man. It's a oh. high tide, and then they just get pulled away. <laughs> Any Anybody that's listening to this, if you believe that, please reach out to us. I want to hear your research on it. Well, back in
1: 1912, the moon was a lot closer, so the tidal forces were what? really, really, really strong.
2: And then there's there's one more pretty out there one. I don't you, you oh, want to hear it. Yeah, I want yeah, to yeah, hear, hear it I want to hear the out the out there ones. It's a pretty out there one. Involves an aurora borealis that may have steered the Titanic <laughs> into the iceberg <laughs> and that the aurora borealis itself hindered the crew from calling for help. It like blocked transmissions. Oh uh, my god.
0: It hypnotized yeah. them. Yeah.
2: There's some out there stuff with this. Fun fact
1: about that, the Roar Boy Alice was a lot stronger in 1912, and the magnetic forces were just... <laughs>
0: All right, boys. Final thoughts on the Titanic. What do you think happened? Where do you think everything went wrong? Let's go with Franck.
2: Frank's opinion time i think jp morgan was a little slime weasel trying to get the most out of his investments and he was willing to put human lives at stake for those investments i think he was willing to pull one of the wildest insurance schemes in the history of humanity and nautical crashes i don't think it was the mummy that's that's for sure i i personally don't believe it was the mummy the red flags with jp morgan they just go on and on the fact that he called out sick, his whole gaggle of lagoons also canceled very short notice. He owned the boat that came to try to rescue the passengers that were drowning, and that boat had 3,000 woolen blankets. It just keeps going. J.P. Morgan, big suspect.
0: I will mirror Frank's sentiments about this. He summed it up perfectly. I will simply say, ditto.
2: I agree with all you.
1: I think that it was an insurance scam that was planned out, and I don't think that many people were
2: supposed to die. Rest in peace, the mini orchestra.
0: Boys went down with the ship. I think that does it for this debriefing on the Titanic. You have heard our thoughts and opinions on what we think happened. Tell us what you think. Let us know. Do you think that this was an elaborate insurance scam by J.P. Morgan and those other bunch of rich people or could it be something else do you believe maybe the aurora borealis came out to murder people on a ship (laughs) (laughs) it's so pretty don't look at it reach out to us let us know what research you've done if there's anything that we have missed in this episode please let us know you can reach out to us on our social medias you can find us on facebook instagram and twitter you can also reach us at our email address hush hush society at planetmail.com we are eager to hear your thoughts on this episode go on over to our youtube hit that subscribe button slam that bell notification you'll hear all of our new episodes whenever they pop up you can also hear our youtube exclusive declassified discussions with declassified dave where he talks with you our listeners the hushlings about your paranormal creepy insane stories there will be more soon We are working on our last two cryptid chronicles for this season. We want to get them out before our season finale, which is March 29th. March 29th, 6 p.m. Eastern. Please join our Facebook group. Come on to Facebook. Come and listen to us talk on our live show. We'll be discussing the Denver airport and a secret society. Yet to be determined. One last thing, Hushlings. Please check out our new merch site. We have Hushling t-shirts up there, Hushling hoodies. There is a sick Mothman hoodie that we just put up. You're really going to enjoy that design if you are a fan of (laughs) the skateboarding culture. And Mothman. (laughs) You can find that at hushhushsociety.bigcartel.com. That is our merch store. You can also reach all our links at our link tree.
2: Folks of the Hush Hush Society, don't forget to tune in in two weeks for Debriefing 19. We will be covering a chilling conspiracy, the Antarctic bases. It's going to be awesome, guys. It's going to be a great one. Make sure you tune in. Well, that'll do it,
1: Hushlings. I hope you enjoyed our maiden voyage and our crash course on the starboard side into 45 million tons of ice. We learned a lot. We talked about a lot. We uh, thank you for joining us. And we'll see you in a couple weeks. From all of us at the Hush Hush Society Conspiracy Hour, I'm Declassified Dave. And I'm Mr. Mike.
2: And I'm Slick Frank Sanders.
0: Until our next debriefing, remember, the best kept secrets are hidden in plain sight.